Blog Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Ed. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice, fantasy picks to click and flick, the latest NFL news, and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is October 5th. Yes, another month. We are a full month into the fantasy season, the NFL season. Uh, lots to talk about. My name is Michael Nazarak and host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found online at ffmastermind.com. With me once again, my very good friend and very fantasy, uh, very experienced fantasy player and writer, Chris Rito. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Not too bad, sir. Not too bad. A little bit under the weather, but, you know, always never too, never too down to talk about football. It's a great time of year to do that. Getting ready to start heading into the buys. You know, things are starting to settle in. We're starting to understand what's going on in the league. I think we're finally starting to get a feel for what these teams and these players are going to do. Yeah, they, uh, we, we, we certainly are. Uh, still lot, lots to talk about. Before we, before we talk about that, uh, I'd be remiss in not mentioning a very important sponsor of our show again. Uh, it, it is called PredictionStrike.com. So uh, have you ever thought about having a uh, – could have had stock in a guy like Patrick Mahomes or Derrick Henry? Well, a prediction, prediction Strike makes that a real possibility. Prediction Strike is the only performance-based sports stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes if, 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 as if they were stocks, kind of like Robin Hood and DraftKings had a baby. Anyway, fan, uh, uh, Prediction Strike lets fans create portfolios of their favorite, favorite athletes so that they, they can make money and get even closer to the game. Don't just bet on your favorite players. Start investing in them. The values of the players will change based on game performance and supply and demand, and you can trade your shares of the players at any time as long as the player isn't currently in a game. Sign up with the promo code MASTERMIND to receive a free athletic share with your first deposit of $20 or more. The share will be, uh, could be expensive as $30, and watching how it performs will get you more comfortable with the app. If you're on Android, uh, please go ahead and check them out on their uh, website, predictionstrike.com. I urge everybody to support the site. Check out predictionstrike.com. It's a cool, it's a cool new uh, way of playing fantasy. All right, let's get right to the news and notes of, uh, of the day. A uh, couple of big uh, injuries at the running back position. One is kind of still nebulous. That was the one that happened last Thursday night in the Cincinnati-Jacksonville uh, game. Joe Mixon was off to the side in the last drive of the game when the Bengals were driving down, and uh, he was kind of limping around trying to, to uh, trying to get his foot right. It turns out it's an ankle. Now, what's interesting about this, they said he's week to week. We are on Tuesday night. We don't even know if he's going to practice or not. That Week to week sounds like he's going to miss at least one game. Uh, Sam J. Perrine is the backup there. Chris Evans is the pass-catching backup uh, right there. So, Chris, what do you what do you do if you own Joe Mixon? Do you go out and, and, and grab Perrine? Uh, do you not worry about it? Do you what, what what do you do? Well, there's a little bit of me that wants to say don't worry about it. Um, I mean, it was a, a game they they didn't need him on the field at the end on Thursday night, so they could have been cautious. 
the only person who said he was weak to weak was Adam Schefter, which, who admittedly usually knows everything. But when the coach actually came out, he said, no, he's day-to-day. So I, I, I want to see him practice this week. I mean, if, if he still hasn't practiced by Thursday, you know, I might get a little bit more worried. But right now, I would say if I had to bet, I'd say he's going to play this week. Um, now, if you do need to pick up somebody because you're really, you know, shorthanded, I mean, P. Ryan is obviously going to be the guy that's going to get the, the bulk of the snaps as a runner, um, I would imagine. And they do have some, some good matchups this week and next week. I think they have the Packers this week and the Lions the next week. So that's, that's two very good opportunities to run the ball. You mentioned Chris Evans. I am intrigued by Chris Evans because even in the very limited snaps he's had, he's had as many catches and targets as Pirine has in the first four weeks, uh, even coming as the third string back behind a guy that was dominating snaps like Mixon. So I think, I think there could be some interesting value if Mixon really does go down for a period of time, an extended period of time. I think in PPR leagues, um, especially heading into the bye weeks when, when guys are hard to come by, Chris Evans could be interesting, but yeah, definitely Perrine is the guy you want right now uh, if Mixon is going to be out as the one who's going to handle the bulk of the touches. Yeah, so you grab him and you stash and uh, wait, play the waiting game to see if uh, Mixon actually practices this week. Uh, the big injury, of course, was the one to David Montgomery. He hyperextended his knee. He's now expected to miss four to five weeks. Fantasy impact there, Chris. You got Damian Williams behind him. He's beat up with a bruised thigh, but it looks like he's good to go. Is this a clear-cut uh pickup for uh, Damian Williams? Oh, he's definitely a clear-cut pickup. Again, they've got a couple of good matchups. Uh, four to five weeks is going to be uh, – through. let's say he's out through week nine. Between week six and nine, more than half of the NFL has their bye week. So more than likely you're going to have at least one, if not more, of your starting running backs on a bye. And getting a guy that's an, uh, basically an undisputed starter can't pass that up. So he's definitely a worthwhile pickup. You're going to spend some some money there. And he actually – I don't think they lose much, quite frankly, as compared to David Montgomery, because Williams has been very productive when he's been on the field. Now, you mentioned he's a little bit banged up, so that is something to be concerned about as well. There's no guarantee. They were talking about the rookie, uh, Khalil Herbert, getting the start this week and their their comfort level with that. So I would not necessarily assume that Her- that Williams is ready to go either. Um, maybe that thigh is a little bit worse than they were saying, but uh, a thigh, he's going to come back from a thigh a lot quicker than, than this and this sprained knee, um, that looked really bad. <laughs> I'm, I'm amazed it wasn't a bigger injury for Montgomery. So Williams is a yeah, great – Yeah, I remember seeing him uh, riding, yeah. Yeah, riding in pain on the, on the ground and all. And I was, I was like you. I thought it was a torn ACL. Uh, but, but, yeah, we'll keep an eye on uh, Damian Williams to see if he practices this week and, and gets a start. Otherwise, they're going to turn to the rookie. Over in Seattle, uh, a lot of people are worried about Chris Carson, and we're going to talk about another guy that uh, just after Carson, Miles Sanders. We're going to get that in a minute. These owners of these two backs are really concerned. Um, Chris Carson's kind of beat up. Uh, you know, uh, he's had you know, like a hamstring or whatnot, uh, and he ceded a lot of carries to Alex Collins. Well, he, he was rested on Monday. They got a game on Thursday against the Rams, and now today uh, he sat, and he was listed with a neck injury. Uh, so what's your feeling on Chris Carson and Alex Collins and the whole situation there? If you own Carson, what do you do, Chris? Well, I think you've got to pick up Collins. I mean, Collins actually looked better than Carson uh, the other night when he subbed in for him. He's, he's a little bit more explosive. Uh, of a runner, uh, a little bit different stylistically as well. Um, you you got to go get Collins if you have Carson. Um, if you don't have Carson, I'm not 100% sure yet. There's been some some scuttlebutt that maybe they're going to evolve into a little bit of a timeshare just because Collins has looked good. But I think the bigger concern is that Carson gets dinged a lot, and he's a he's a hard charging physical kind of back. So 
uh, Collins is a, is a is a handcuff more so than a, a co-starter, in my opinion, right now. Um, that could change if Carson continues to play beat up to, and to play less than he's capable of. But right now I think Collins is a pure handcuff to Carson only. Now that's a little bit different. If you want, if you want, do you want to run right into the Philadelphia situation now? Or do you want to? Yes. Yes. Miles yeah. Sanders, uh, he's barely seen any amount of touches at all. Uh, you know, Kenneth Gainwell is, is taking the limited touches that they're giving the running backs there, and he scored again. Uh, what, what's going on there in, uh, in Philly? What's your opinion, Chris? Uh, my opinion is there is that they really seem disenchanted with, with Miles Sanders. I mean, because granted, like you said, there's not been a lot of, of touches for the running backs, but the ones that are there have been pretty evenly split. The, the snaps, the touches, the targets. The targets actually favor Gainwell quite significantly. So in a PPR league, if, which a lot of people are in, I mean, I think Gainwell has actually outscored Sanders, even though Sanders had a couple of big runs. So that looked to me more like an RBBC, and it's one that, if anything, seems to be trending in the wrong direction if you're a Miles Sanders owner. So uh, Gainwell is far more interesting to me right now. Um, whereas, like I mentioned earlier, Collins is a pure handcuff. I think Gainwell is a guy you want in and of himself, even if they stay in, in a full split RBC and don't shift more over to Gainwell getting uh, a little bit more action. Uh, well, before I go to the list of injuries here, of course, the, uh, they, they're included the two wide receivers for the Giants that set out the game last week, the Sterling Shepard and, and um, Darius Slayton, both with hamstring injuries. As a result, rookie Kadarius Toney basically had an everyday row oral opposite uh, uh, Kenny Galladay. And John Ross was activated for the game and kind of pushed Colin Johnson to the side. He had a big catch for a score in that game. But he's saying he wants to be more than just a one-trick pony. So the question here, uh, uh, Chris, is that if you uh, are looking for a wide receiver and they play the Cowboys this week, now the Cowboys defense is making lots of plays, but they're still giving up a lot of yards and a lot of uh, uh, scores there from, from their secondary. Um, you prefer Kadarius Tony because of the volume here, or John Ross is kind of intriguing? What's your take? Uh, it's kind of intriguing. I mean, if it's a short-term thing, absolutely John Ross to me. Um, he, he's, he's more experienced. He's, he's a veteran. You remember every year John Ross came out of the gate, scored like three touchdowns the first two games every year before disappearing. Yep. Short term, yeah, love, love me some John Ross. The fact that they basically signed him off the street and got him into the, basically into the starting lineup or into, as the third receiver right away and he produced, that speaks volumes to me. They didn't, they didn't bring him along slowly because they trusted Tony. They, they said, John Ross, we need you on the field and we're going to throw you the ball. So I think short term for a week or two, I love John Ross. You know, for the duration of the year, eh, maybe not so much. And I think the whole thing's probably up in the air because, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there's actually a chance Sterling Shepard plays this week, correct? Yes, yes. There's a, they're very, they were saying that he might not have missed last week's game. And then, of course, when we got to Thursday and Friday, it was pretty obvious that they were going to sit him and all. And it's very possible that he said, hey, you're, you're close, but we don't want to push it. Let's go ahead and sit you both this week, and then hopefully we get uh, Sterling uh, back next week. And uh, obviously that would end up killing uh, a lot of either uh, probably Tony's uh, uh, job there uh, because that's the position that they played the slot there. Uh, and, and maybe it might not affect John Ross at all, so it's going to be very interesting to see what happens there. Anyway, let's get to the list of injuries here uh, real quick. Uh, everyone's watching Teddy Bridgewater with a concussion in Denver because their offense kind of went down the, the pooper <laughs> with Drew Locke there. Uh, he's curtis- uh, currently in the 
their protocol, and they're waiting to see if he can get it out, uh, get, uh, uh, get out of the protocol by the end of the week. They say there's a pretty good chance that'll happen. Jimmy Garoppolo had already counted himself out for a couple of weeks with a calf injury, and I said, like, "Wait a minute, Jimmy, I think you might be able to play this week." Well, we'll see. Uh, Trey Lance uh, owners, you know, they're probably hoping uh, that he'll be able to play. We'll, we'll see, uh, you know, if he'll get to start later in the week. Everybody wants to know CMC, yeah, of course, with the hamstring. They're going to test his injury out uh, probably tomorrow, Wednesday. If it looks okay, they may give him some work and see what happens the week. If it's uh, pretty good that, you know, obvious that he's not going to make it this week, they'll probably end up sitting him out uh, immediately and uh, ruling him out or whatnot, and it'll be Chuba Hubbard that will continue on as a starter there. Um, over to the wide receiver position, D.K. Metcalf with the foot. He was limited on practice on Monday and Tuesday today, so it looks like he's going to be good to go on, on, on Thursday, so you plug and play there. A.J. Brown with the hamstring, all kinds of issues there. Uh, they're saying it might be a multiple-week injury, and he's already sent out one game, so I wouldn't expect him to play this week. Julio Jones is in the same thing. We've got a lot of wide receivers across the league that have sprung up with hamstring injuries, and it's just killing everybody's uh, fantasy life at a wide receiver there. So we'll see if any of these guys practice this week. T. Higgins with the shoulder. That's good news. He's expected to come back and practice this week. Looks like he'll be able to, to start and play. Chase Claypool, another hamstring. He injured this in practice last Thursday, so I'd be very uh, worried about his status for this week. Will Fuller with the hand. This guy can't just can't stay healthy. He's likely to miss two to three weeks. They list him as a week to week, and which is why I questioned the week to week for Joe Mixon because pretty much they said couple of weeks for Will Fuller, and they didn't say anything about that for Joe Mixon. So, anyway, moving to the tight end position, George Kittle made it through the game. He caught four early passes, 40 yards, and it didn't do much in the second half. His calf's still sore. They're going to take the same approach, see if he can uh, make it through the week, and then maybe play at the end of the week. We'll see there. It kind of lowers his uh, fantasy ceiling. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, I wouldn't expect to see him. He's got like four cracked ribs and a punctured lung. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see if he even gets on the field, but you never know by Friday. Uh, but I, I wouldn't I would, I would plan other uh, alternatives to Rob Gronkowski this week. And, of course, unfortunately, Logan Thomas with a hamstring, of course. He's week to week, which means he's going to sit this week. Ricky Seals-Jones will end up getting a start there. And we'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President and CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's Expert League Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim. Redrafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP, they cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, people, please check out our website, ffmastermind.com. Lots of free uh, information there, including uh, our NFL flagship uh, feature, NFL uh, Quick Bits, uh, news information as it breaks, free Iron and Sky scouting reports, uh, including uh, those covering the Colts from Chris Rito here a couple of times a week. Or, of course, our weekly in-season fantasy newsletters have been prorated down to like twenty four ninety five. That includes the weekly uh, Inside Slant, which week four was absolutely free, for people that checked out the website and such, you click on the link there, and we'll add it to uh, the site once again and let you go ahead and check that out. That's just part of what we do. Uh, John Holler's a holler from the cheap seats. Go 
goes over what he calls the uh, it's called the chicken switch edition. <laughs> Are you chicken? Are you do you want to trade this player? You hit the switch or not? It's it's very it's entertaining, but he talks basically about one key player from all the teams. What you what you should do, and he talks about guys like Robert Woods. Or, or should you be uh, trading for Robert Woods, or should you avoid Robert Woods? And well, he gives it up in that article in the, in the um, newsletter. Anyway, once again, twenty four ninety five uh, for the rest of the season for the newsletters. Please follow me on Twitter at FF Mastermind. All right, let's get right to the picks to click and flick for the coming week. These are guys you might want to think about starting, uh, or guys you want to bench this week. All right, give me a couple of quarterbacks you like this week and why, Chris. Uh, let's talk about Zach Wilson here. Uh, normally, I like the running game in these games in London. Uh, the weather and the travel really lend themselves to things which require more grinding and less timing. Uh, however, the Jets and the Falcons are a very interesting matchup since the Falcons absolutely are getting picked apart in the air, and they're actually better than average in yards per, uh, allowed. So when you factor in that the Jets really don't have a running game to use in England, and Zach Wilson has actually looked pretty good against teams that don't have a great pass rush, and Atlanta does not have a great pass rush, he should be solidly on the books for a big day, probably before the left coasters even wake up uh, in the morning there. And then I like Joe Burrow this week. Uh, this could be a perfect storm for volume and success for Joe Burrow this week. Uh, he may get T. Higgins back, like you just mentioned, which improved the passing targets, and may be playing without Joe Mixon or a reduced version of him possibly. So the Green Bay pass defense also lost two key components to injury last week, uh, Zaire Alexander and uh, the linebacker, whose name I'm drawing a blank on right now, so there should be some easier opportunities as well in what might become an aerial shootout between the young buck and the old stud quarterbacks. And finally, there's always the potential for garbage time or catch-up time because the pack are just a lot better than the Bengals right now. So I like Joe Burrow to get some good volume this week. Yeah, I just got one comment about that, uh, the Lund game, the early start. Uh, the NFL needs to put the gabosh on that because those people here, I'm in Vegas here, which is the West Coast, basically, West Coast time. I get up at 4 a.m. in order to cover that game, uh, post the inactives and injury updates and such, and uh, I'm not a happy camper by the time Sunday night rolls around. <laughs> Fortunately, it's only twice this, this, this season, I think this week and next week, so, you know, uh, but I, I like it when they move the game to match the early games the times of the other uh, the other games that are actually happening in the States. And, uh, you know, that's that's what I vote for there. Anyway, a couple of uh, quarterbacks I think are going to have a good game this week. And my Giants, uh, you know, Daniel Jones, I don't think that they will necessarily win this game. But uh, the Cowboys secondary lends itself to lots of fantasy points. And, Daniel's uh, playing really well. I mean, he's only thrown one reception in the year, and that was a, at a Hail Mary at the end of the first half of last week against the Saints. So I think he's going to produce the fantasy stats against them. So if you need him, start him this week. You probably won't need him until the bye weeks. But, uh, you know, anyway, it's a good option to have here. Kirk Cousins uh, really struggled last week against a very good uh, Browns defense that didn't allow much, and, and there was Gimpy Cook on the field there. I'm not sure if they're going to have uh, Dalvin Cook, but guess what? They get the Lions this week, so they're not the uh, Minnesota Vikings are not going to have any problems going up down the field, and uh, maybe if Cook sits, they might throw the ball more. Uh, so Kirk Cousins lined up for multiple scores in this game, so you got him. If you got him and you need him, start him. A couple of guys I'm concerned about, Big Ben is just not the old Big Ben. He's got the, he got the pec issue. Now he's got hip issues, according to Mike Tomlin, yet he's still the uh, the best quarterback for the uh, for the job there. And I don't doubt that because he threw a laser to Deontay Johnson early in the game uh, last week that went for a score. Uh, the problem is that he's just – you know, not 100% healthy, and he can't run. He's literally a statue in the pocket there. Uh, 
So I mean, the the Broncos of Von Miller are just going to eat them up. I think they're going to they uh, they're going to really uh, limit Ben. Probably Ben's going to get one score, and that's what he's doing, and, and that's 13, 14 fantasy points, not anywhere near, uh, not even a backup level there. And Carson Wentz uh, for the Colts, really concerned about him against the Ravens this week. The Ravens' defense is playing a lot better. They're slowly getting healthy on defense. Uh, come, uh, things are coming together there. I just don't expect a very good game for Carson Wentz, so I'd sit him on the on the sidelines. How about you, Chris, a couple of quarterbacks you're not crazy about and why this week? Uh, much like the perfect storm I mentioned for Burrow, I think there's a lo- perfect storm for a low-volume day for Baker Mayfield for, per- for numerous factors. Mayfield's really not been a huge fantasy factor already, and this week faces a very solid pass defense, fourth overall, given at 207 yards per game only. Uh, and he only has one real outside threat in OBJ. Mayfield is only averaging 235 yards per game himself the last three weeks and only has two touchdown passes all season. So, conversely, the high-powered rushing game gets one of the weaker rush defenses that the Chargers have allowed amongst the most carries and yards through four weeks. So, he's just not a fantasy option this week for low volume. And then I don't like Matt Ryan this week over there in that London game. You may not believe this, but the Jets have only allowed two passing touchdowns all season so far, an average of only 250 yards per game. So Ryan does not figure to be in heavy pass mode as they shouldn't fall way behind the Jets early like they have in most of their other games. And their two-headed RBBC might actually get some serious volume work this week. This looks like a bad week to assume the garbage time fantasy king, Matt Ryan, will live up to his usual spate of prevent defenses. Okay, how about a couple of running backs you, you like and why? Uh, speaking of uh, Atlanta, I like Mike Davis this week. Um, I know he was pretty poor last week, but as I was mentioning, I like the ground game and the London game, and the Falcons have the better ground game of the two teams, quite honestly. The Jets' defense have simply been brutalized on the ground this season. They've allowed the second most carries in yards and the most running back receptions to date as well. Remember, Mike Davis is a good receiving back. This bodes well for a pass-catching lead back, even a guy in the timeshare, And this should be the week that allows Mike Davis to finally get untracked a bit and let Arthur Smith run the sort of offensive game plan that he prefers. You know they want to take some pressure off the old quarterback, so I think Davis gets a lot of run in the damp grass of Tottenham over there in England. Uh, And then I like Leonard Fournette this week. Uh, Playoff Lenny finally showed back up last week, had a ton of touches, posted 100 total yards against a tough defense. So with Gio Bernard likely still out of the lineup and Rojo still likely in the doghouse, He should, again, dominate touches in week five, but this time against a team that simply cannot slow down the run. Miami has allowed six backs already to top 12 PPR points in four games, despite only playing one running back that might be considered an RB2 or better for fantasy. Uh, And yet, then they've yet to hold a team under 100 yards rushing by the combined running backs. So with clock grinding possible, Fournette looks like he might be shaping up to be a solid RB2 this week and maybe even going forward if he holds that gig. Okay, a couple of guys I like this week. Uh, You know, I know you mentioned Mike Davis, and he played 55 of 70-plus snaps last week. And believe it or not, Cordero Patterson only played 23 snaps, scored three times. So when he gets in the game, they they game plan for him. Uh, uh, He brings a different dimension to the game. He can not only run, but he can catch. Of course, he can return kicks, too. He does it all, and they're playing the Jets this week. So whether it's on the ground or via the air, I think Patterson scores. You've got to get him in your lineup as at least a flex play this week. And so, certainly he's a running back. Certainly he's a wide receiver uh, in the FFPC. He's a running back, and I'm starting him as my number two. Heck, he's, he had more than almost triple the points of Aaron Jones last week. I don't expect that this week, but Cordero Patterson's too hot to sit. Zach, Zach Moss uh, scored again last week. The Chiefs have allowed six t- TDs to the running backs in 2021, so I like Zach Moss to score uh, this week. So if you got him, uh, start him. A couple of guys I'm concerned about, uh, CEH. 
uh, just simply because the Bills are going to limit him. Uh, I, I know that he scored the last couple of weeks. He's playing a little bit better. I just don't see that big of a game here. So if you need him, you're probably going to end up starting him as, as a flex and don't expect too much. And Devonta Williams, uh, Melvin Gore is not going away, and the Steelers still play the run tough, although there was a fantastic run by Devonta Williams last week where he carried a guy like 10, 15 yards downfield. And when this kid is going to be the number one and the workhorse back, which I think may happen later this week and later this season, He's going to be special, but against the Steelers this game uh, and sharing time with Gordon, I don't think it's a good option to start him this week. All right, Chris, how about a couple of running backs you're not crazy about and why? Uh, I know I'm probably in a minority here this week, but I'm not a big fan of Chuba Hubbard this week. I know he was the sexy pick for replacing CMC last week, but he did really not explode into play last week despite a potentially solid matchup. Uh, And Darnold cannot possibly continue his torrid pace of vulturing touchdowns, but yet he did with Chuba on the field. Uh, in fact, he didn't even dominate the snap count. He was barely above 50% last week with Rodney Smith taking a lot of snaps. Uh, it, as we noted earlier, CMC was not put on IR. They might get him back sooner, and he is going to practice tomorrow or try to practice tomorrow. So I would not put too many eggs into the Tuba Hubbard basket this week, especially with the Eagles being more susceptible in the air than on the ground anyway. Um, and then I, and I don't, I'm really not a fan of Miles Sanders this week. We talked a lot about the reasons why, but uh, he also has an angry and embarrassed Carolina defense. He's going to come home to face an Eagles team that seemingly has abandoned the run for several weeks. And like you said, it's not been Miles Sanders getting the ball in the last two games. He has a total of nine carries and seven targets. In those games, Kenneth Gainwell has five carries and 12 targets. So it's, it's pretty even. Um, the trend has been going the wrong way for him. Uh, so even if he stays in the lead role, the Panthers have only allowed a league-low nine receptions of running backs all year and the fifth fewest fantasy points, despite the Cowboys ripping them up a couple weeks ago. So I would just stay away this week. Okay, how about uh, the wide receiver position, a couple of guys you like and why? Love me some Jamison Crowder this week. Uh, he had a tremendous return from injury last week, stepping right in, logging seven catches, nine targets, and a score, dominating target and touch share for the Jets. Uh, Crowder has always been an underrated PPR monster, and he's surely going to get a lot of action with Corey Davis drawing deep coverage and the Falcons being unable to cover anyone, especially two people. So I look for another high-volume PPR day and a guy you should nab off the waiver wire if he was thrown back while injured. Maybe another little plug up put in here. Go out, look to see if Michael Gallup, Jerry Judy, might have been thrown on the waiver wire uh, earlier. Cause there's some of these guys that, that you can go pick up and put back in your bench because they'll be valuable later. Uh, and then I also like Marquise Brown this week. He scored in three or four games so far, and he always seems to get free for a big play several times a game. And the Colts have allowed amongst the fewest wide receiver receptions, but the second most wide receiver touchdowns, including several long ones. So I would not be shocked to see Brown stay scorching hot and the banged-up Colts secondary stay scorchable. Um, so Brown has also scored three times in his three Monday night football appearances and has 100 yards and or a touchdown in four straight home games. A lot of good history here for Marquise Brown. Okay. Uh, well, I've got a couple of wide receivers here that I like. Uh, Kenny Galladay uh, is finally healthy. He's heating up, and he plays Dallas Cowboys this week. He uh, topped 100 yards last week. I think he's going to do it again this week uh, with a good chance at a score, so start him if you own him. And just like you like uh, Jamison Crowder, I like the other guy, Corey Davis there, uh, is leading the team in targets. Uh, they're playing the Falcons, give up a lot of yards and points there. I think he scores on the Falcons, so if you got him, start him there. A couple of guys I'm concerned about, uh, Odell Beckham, it's not his fault. <laughs> Baker may Feel, oh my gosh, some of the throws last last week, especially late in the game, uh, wide open down the sidelines. I don't know where he was throwing, but he's going to struggle against the, the the Chargers this week just simply because Mayfield is not playing very well. And Allen Robinson, uh, 
I, I couldn't believe this when I saw this, but it's true, and it hasn't changed since the Monday night game. The Raiders have allowed just one TD catch by a wide receiver all season. Yes, three touchdown passes last night, two to tight ends, one to Eckler, uh, none to the wide receivers. So Allen Robinson, you know, you got Justin Fields there, Andy Dalton, who's going to start? It, it, Robinson's just not getting the volume either uh, to, to him. And uh, I didn't think that this guy would be, you know, really hampered by uh, quarterback because we had Mitch Trubinsky there last week, but last year. But I think Allen is going. Where's Mitch? Bring him back. <laughs> so he's not doing much. So uh, I don't uh, don't don't play uh, Allen Robinson if I can this week. Uh, how about you, Chris? A couple of uh, wide receivers you're not crazy about, and why? Yeah, speaking of quarterback play, I'm going to say Cortland Sutton. Uh, I know Pittsburgh's been a little beat up by the wide receiver, but they have been two specific types of guys that have beaten the Steelers, slot guys and deep burners, and Sutton really has not fit either one of these two descriptions, nor does he get a lot of garbage time action because Pittsburgh's not going to take a big lead, more than likely. Uh, he might also have a face full of Minka Fitzpatrick more often than not this week, and knowing sitting here today on Tuesday that there's a very real possibility he'll be catching passes from Drew Locke instead of Teddy B, that also knocks him down a few pegs in my book. And then I'm, I'm a little worried about Brandon Cooks this week, although he's been you know, seemingly impenetrable regardless of matchup. Another former Patriot coming to visit the Patriots this week, and it's often stated Bill Belichick will take away what you do best with your, his game plan. And frankly, Cooks is the only thing the Texans can do this season, not only the best thing, so he's going to be the focal point of the Patriots' defense. Uh, on the whole, the Patriots' defense has been lights out in defending the fantasy wide receiver anyway. They've allowed the fourth fewest fantasy points and only two touchdowns. So despite his performance this year, since you likely drafted Cooks as a wide receiver four, you probably have three other better options to use this week. Okay, how about tight end? A couple of tight ends you like and why? Uh, lovely some Dallas Goddard this week. Uh, Carolina has not allowed anything to the tight end through three weeks, but they played teams without a tight end basically in their offense and no talent. Or three teams, excuse me. And then the dual tight ends of Dallas lit them up last week, and this week they might actually play a better pair of tight ends in Goddard and Ertz that are more featured by their team. Both guys are in play this week, but I'm going to lean towards the guy who is dominating the target and snap share so far and has better big play potential. I like Goddard and maybe even Ertz if you need him. And then I like, I mean, what's not to like about Dawson Knox? He's not a target hog or a yardage guy. and He's been fantasy relevant because of his touchdowns week after week. But this week he faces the team that has also allowed the most tight end yards and receptions so far in Kansas City. So maybe he really gets to stuff the stat sheets a little bit more this time around in that reception column as well. Yeah, I like me some Dawson Knox, too. Picked him up uh, in FFPC, uh, I, even though we both own Kittle and uh, and Gronk. And uh, we sat Kittle and played Knox and ended up with more than 20 points in that system. So, yeah, go go Dawson Knox. Anyway, uh, another guy that we picked up uh, for my other team was Dalton Schultz, and that's the guy that I really like this week. The Giants have allowed four tight, tight end scores in 2021, the most of any team, one per week. So Dalton Schultz is going to get his this week. Uh, because that's how the trends go. Uh, also, I think uh, uh, Hunter Henry for New England, I think he's going to score on the Texans this week. Um, he's actually been seeing more targets and more snaps and all than uh, Jonu Smith there. And uh, so if you need Hunter Henry, go with him against the Texans. A couple of guys I'm not uh, liking. Boy, Kyle Pitts just can't get off the uh, schneid here. He needs to get into the end zone, and he's been just struggling in the red zone, and the, and the Jets play, play the tight end tough. So if anyone's going to beat them, it's going to be uh, Calvin Ridley or Cordero Patterson or Mike Davis. Uh, Kyle Pitts, uh, you know, uh, possibly. If you own, uh, picked up somebody like Knox or Schultz, I sit Pitts for uh, for those guys. And also Mike uh, Max Williams had a couple of uh, good games and one bad game. Uh, 
but since facing Hawkinson in week one, the 49ers have really clamped down on opposing tight ends, and uh, I would not put my faith in Max Williams. Uh, pick up somebody like Schultz or Knox and do yourself a good favor there. Anyway, uh, how about you, Chris, a couple of tight ends you're not crazy about and why? Uh, Evan Ingram. Uh, despite having a lot of pass catchers out of the lineup for the Giants, Ingram was still nearly invisible in the fantasy box score, even with 12 targets in the last two games. Um, so this week with Shepard possibly coming back and a resurgent Saquon Barkley, I think his role could be expected to continue to ebb away. And after exploding in this matchup for several years early in his career, Dallas has been his personal kryptonite for the last two seasons. He only had three catches for 33 yards in two games total last year and a weak game to finish 2019 as well. So I, I'd say Evan Engram. And I don't like Pat Fryermuth. I mean, my disdain of rookie tight ends is well documented, and their unpredictability is common knowledge. But the Broncos are also extremely good at limiting the fantasy tight end, primarily because the tight end needs to stay in the chip or block a lot more to slow down the pass rush. So when you combine these reasons and the other plethora of pass-catching options in Pittsburgh available from an ineffective low-volume quarterback, Fryer Moose looks very unattractive for my starting lineup this week. Okay, before we get to your one-hit wonders, uh, we want to remind everyone of our sponsored prediction strike. It's the only performance-based stock market uh, where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes as if they were stocks. It's like Robin Hood and DraftKings had a baby. Please sign up uh, with your uh, promo code MASTERMIND to receive a free athletic, uh, athlete share with your first deposit of $20 or more. The share could be as expensive as $30, and watching it how it performs will get you more comfortable with the app. If you're on Android, not iPhone, then check them out at www.predictionstrike.com. Please visit predictionstrike.com. All right, one-hit wonders of kickers and defense. Uh, Chris, uh, hit me with them. I got a couple of kickers who are both in the top 10 in scoring, and they're both about 85% unowned, according to several websites. Uh, and they both have great matchups. Like Greg Joseph against Detroit for the Vikings. He faces the Lions who have allowed multiple field goals and double-digit kicker scoring in every other week so far, and top five overall in points allowed. And, again, and then Nick Folk facing Houston. Um, this week he's got no weather concerns. And the game against the Texans, yes, thank you. I'll take that matchup. And then a couple of defenses. I'll start with Tennessee against uh, Jacksonville. Jacksonville's got a lot on their plate right now with the whole Urban Meyer situation. I know Tennessee let a lot of people down last week against the Jets, but the Jags are even far less imposing offensively. Uh, and then I like Vegas uh, at home against Chicago. I think a return home should help this aggressive D and hurt the rookie quarterback uh, in this matchup. Yeah, I'm uh, streaming a lot of these defenses in uh, the FFPC as well as the, the kickers. Uh, you know, we just cut uh, Robbie Gould before he got hurt, thank God. And we did pick up Mr. Joseph. He got one point last week. However, this week we're really looking forward to the matchup against the Lions. That's some really good advice there. Anyway, we want to thank everyone for joining us. For Chris Rito, this is Michael Nasrak. See you all next week when we preview week six of the NFL season. Good night and good luck to everyone playing this week. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazarak, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second.